Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Do you know why? Why? Because <laughs> I'm quarantine for the fifth <laughs> week. <laughs> it's probably now up to, I would say it's like oh the 50th God. day too. I mean, I don't even know. I feel like I'm eating the same food. I'm <laughs> fighting the same fights with my husband. I'm telling my kid the same thing in homeschool. It's just a never-ending <sighs> day. Never-ending. And we don't ever get to sit down as moms. It's no. like we're running like crazy. We don't get to do anything. We don't get to have fun, have sex, like eat. No. Anyway. I barely have time for a cocktail. <laughs> Which is, that sucks. Well, guess what? Today we have someone who um, I've known for a very long time, and I think all the listeners that we have are very excited that she's here. Um, I don't even think I need to introduce her that much other than just say her name, and then everyone's going to freak out, is Janelle Paris. She used to play Mona, but that's not just the one thing about her. There's so much more to her than just that <laughs> character but thank you so much for coming Aww. hi guys hey Janelle. how's quarantine mm-hmm. how's quarantine life treating you you know it's weird i feel like it's just that's the only word i can think of to describe it the first two weeks were just like blind panic and like depression and then the third week is like okay, I feel motivated to get stuff done. And then the fourth mm-hmm. week, I'm like over it. And then the fifth week, I'm just like, how is this starting to feel normal, which is sad and weird, right? Right? Like now it's like, yeah. wow, this is just my life now for a little while. It's crazy. I feel like because Roxy and I, we, we have young children, like I feel like this is a version of my life anyway. <laughs> so I almost feel like really embarrassed to tell people and I don't really say it out loud, but I'm kind of enjoying it because I feel like I don't, no, have, great. I don't have a lot of FOMO because I'm like, normally I'd be at home Take like bathing my kid going, oh gosh, I wish I was doing X, Y, and Z for all these people I was comparing myself to on Instagram. And then I'm like, but I don't, everyone's just at their house. And obviously what's happening in the world is like, I, I find it when I read the news, I definitely am so overwhelmed. So I try to put that in its place because it sometimes becomes too much for me emotionally and mentally. But when it's just a little nucleus and just mm-hmm. our little family, I'm like, there's so many moments that we're having that are really special. And it's kind of like a forced time together. I mean, I do want to kill my husband, but other than that, like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. The quarantine, uh, couples bickerment. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. And you know, for me, like the way I've sort of been dealing with it is just taking it week by week because it does go in like those cycles where you're I like, right. You have to take it feels different. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. New week. What's this week going to be like? 
And you sort of have to have markers of like designate the time or else right. it just blends all in into one oh, yeah. like no, I've, I've one tried thing. to create like a schedule for my day, whether that's like what time I wake up, what time I have my breakfast, what time mm-hmm. I watch the news for like 20 minutes till I'm informed and then I turn it off because it's depressing. Mm-hmm. And then like what time I take my nap and I do my run and I play with like just try to, otherwise it's just idle time. A nap? Did you say a nap? <laughs> a like, nap? I know. I my my child naps and I I oh. that's about it. Oh, yeah, exactly. The only one getting sleep in the house is the kid. Or anything good. <laughs> so so are you more of like Janelle, are you more of a homebody? Like are you sort of like, is this good for you? Like this sort of quarantine thing? Or are you missing being out? I honestly feel like I've I would I would describe myself as more of a homebody in the last mm-hmm. few years, but this okay. has definitely made me want to socialize more. Like when this is over, I'm like, oh gosh, I look forward to I probably will be saying yes to more social outings than I have recently. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm like, wow, I really miss social interaction and and being out and and you know, game nights and, and barbecues yeah. and just kind of things like that. So yeah, I, I'd say I would describe myself as more of a homebody, but this might change that for a couple yeah. months. We'll see. I might be really, um, really social after this. We'll see. I we know it's funny. Yeah. I was Sorry. just saying, Tamman and I yeah. talk about this because we, um, we at least have the choice before yeah, to not yeah. go out. Yeah. But now it's like, you don't really have that choice anymore, you know, it's mm, kind yeah. of a game changer. Yeah. Roxy knows I have total social anxiety. So like the fact that I can like, actually <laughs> have, I like every Thursday night, everyone's like having a party, but I don't have to leave the house. This is like the perfect thing for me. I'm like, I'm actually working, getting so much done. I don't have to leave. <laughs> it's wonderful. And then you can go to bed whenever you want. Yeah. You know, right. You right. Damn it. Die when you're tired, you know, you just go straight upstairs to bed. It's yeah. true. No, Tamman will continue this quarantine long after it's officially <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah. I'll yeah. be like, oh, it's not quarantine. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I my husband and I, we are still mm. very much homebodies, but the total isolation because mm-hmm. I was telling you guys before we started that my husband actually has an essential business. So he's going into work every day and not coming home until like 6 PM. So the isolation when it's just me and the dog, I'm like, Ooh, that's a bit, that's mm-hmm. a bit tough. So I find myself FaceTiming a lot of my friends throughout the yeah, day. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. My social interaction. So. Mm-hmm. Throw a baby in the mix. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Quarantine baby. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, everyone's like quarantine, baby. We're like, I'd have to have sex to have, <laughs> You're right. I think, right? Or it's an immaculate conception. Um, so they say that, you know, and I've been reading a lot of articles about how this is really testing marriage. And I, I think it, like, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just like, there's so much time and you don't like get to like check out and there's so much stress and it's like a pressure cooker. And the only person you can bicker at is him because it's like the mm-hmm. only person's face that you see. Do you find like it tests the marriage? I have to say I it's I'm a little bit lucky in that he goes. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we get the opposite problem. The opposite problem mm. is that he goes to work all day and he is so tired when he gets home. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. talk to me, love me, touch me, pay attention to me. <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. like, but I'm tired. I had a full day. And I was like, well, I didn't, so I need <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's about me. The- <laughs> and then, and that becomes our bickerment is that I'm just like, but I miss you. And like, I haven't talked to anybody today and I just like need attention. So mm-hmm. we have the opposite fights. But in general, I feel like that's marriage. You know, sometimes like the person that you're closest to is the one that you're like, I'm going to kill you. Right. On different yeah. wavelengths, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah. we fought yesterday about mm-hmm. tortillas, Roxy. I, mean, just, like, <laughs> I love it. We had a seven-hour fight, Roxy. <gasps> seven hours. Think about that for a second. Oh about God. tortillas. Oh. Because he said that the tortillas were frozen and he couldn't pull them apart. And I was like, I can show you how you can pull them apart. And that's what we fought about for seven hours. <laughs> You're like, it's got to be about the tortillas yes. today. Like, I was just like, and, then, and then at some point he just looked at me and he goes, what are we fighting about? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel like all of our nerves are, are raw. Yeah. Even though he is going to work every day. And sometimes I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, you get like a semblance of normalcy. But then he's like, mm-hmm. not really, because even though I'm going to work every day, there's all these new added stresses. Like, you know, he's ordering these chemicals that are not available because mm. all these chemicals are in demand for hand sanitizer and things mm. like that. So everybody's nerves are frayed and it's affecting everybody in a different way. And it's just, it's crazy. So have you learned anything different, like, or something new about your husband while it going through this yeah. quarantine? Is there anything that you like learned about him? I think maybe, um, uh-huh. you know, we've had, we've been together for three and a half years. We've been married for a year and a half. Um, oh, bliss. So we got, I know, newlyweds. Like, we're Grace sparks don't smell. Yeah. <laughs> we're still like relatively new, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We still learn things about each other every day, but I think the main thing that we've learned about each other in quarantine is obviously we've had very stressful times in life because mm-hmm. that's life, but this has probably been like the most testing thing that mm-hmm. we've dealt with in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think both of us just kind of like, learning how we deal with total crisis um, and learning how to like adapt to that. And like, oh, it's not just about how I'm feeling. You're handling it in your own way too. And I have to figure out how to like take care of your needs while still asking for what I need. Mm Mm-hmm. And doing it in a nice way, right? But it, yeah. just, it gets hard to do yeah, that sometimes. Roxy and I are like, that's, oh, hard. that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, I think we, Roxy and I on the podcast talk a lot about mm-hmm. vulnerability and empathy. And it's really hard to sometimes like stand in a storm and not it, it not being about your ego, you know, mm-hmm. and just yeah. saying like, I know that you struggle with things differently and the way you struggle means it comes out differently as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like anger could come from fear or, you know, mm-hmm. pain or trauma, whatever it is, but you, we just take it like for, at face value. So yeah. I, I do think that this quarantine, this forced quarantine has, has, definitely given me and hopefully other people a lot of empathy Mm -hmm. um, and trying to let our egos take a little bit more of a back door. Mm -hmm. I I think like what we both, whenever we're arguing, when you talk about the ego thing, I totally understand that. It's like both of us are just trying to like make the other person understand how we feel. And in doing Mm -hmm. that, we're not understanding each other. Mm -hmm. So I think this has been really good for forcing us to be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I see you and I acknowledge that you're stressed out and I'm so sorry and I'm here for you. And let's talk about that instead of being like, well, I feel like this and it's worse than what you feel. Cause then mm-hmm. that ego is kind of, you know, taking over. I agree. So what is the secret to not killing your husband in quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> 
Love, Roxy. Love at a new girl. Yeah. I, I bet she's still, I bet she's still I'm shaking still... her legs, Roxy. I bet oh. she's still shaving. <gasps> yeah, she is. Ladies, even though you can't see my legs, I mm. shaved them today for the first time in two and a half weeks because of you. Oh. I was like, oh. I've been in like sweatpants, like super gross, not worn makeup. And I'm like... Uh-huh. This amazing podcast that I'm going to do. And even though they can't see my legs, I'm going to make myself <laughs> and shave and take a nice long bath. But <sighs> no, I had not shaved my legs for a very long time as well. And I hadn't done my eyebrows. My oh, eyebrows are wow. so overgrown. <laughs> I was my telling nails. rock. Yeah. Yeah. I my nails are terrible. Yes. Every single acrylic I bit it off. Well, you have to start doing things at home now for yourself. It's crazy. Like, like you're saying, like hair removal. People are doing their roots. Like, it's like nails. Waxing your vagina. Waxing your vagina. Oh, Jesus. I know. I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. do that. I'm just letting it grow. I'm just letting it work. I'm going to watch like a how-to video on how to take up my extensions. Because like, oh, yeah. How's that? Are they? But they look nice. Your hair looks really nice. It's because I washed it. But no, there's dreads underneath here, ladies. And I'm really considering watching a YouTube video. Uh huh. And then just like buying the stuff, and then having my husband do it for me. But I'm a little bit scared that I'm going to end up with like no hair. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. took mine out once. It wasn't great. By yourself? Um, yeah, yeah. Olive oil helps. Oh. What kind did you have? I used to. I haven't had them for like eight years now. I used to have extensions since I was 15 years old till at least at the end of Pretty Little Liars. And then when I got pregnant, your hair grows so much that I just let it go. Um, And then it just grew back. So now I don't have extensions, but I would Uh take them out with olive oil. Olive oil and the roots are really good. Oh, were they glued? Were they glued? Like glued in? Okay. 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 Olive oil. Uh I'll look it up. Olive oil. (laughs) You don't film it all. It'll be a... So let's talk a little bit about your family life because I know that you're really close to your sister who's eight years older. Um, I have two little girls, so that you know that sibling love is is so important to me. Um, so she was in the U.S. Army, and what was that? Was she in the U.S. Army when you were growing up? And like, what was that like being a sister of a sister who's in the army? Yeah, she's the coolest. She's actually still in the army. She is a lieutenant colonel. She was oh, wow. last year, um, and she's four eleven. And like a little badass. She's just the coolest <sighs> chick ever. She's also getting her PhD at the moment, which is, mm. she's just the most impressive girl ever. Um, so yeah, so we've always been super close. Um, she was an ROTC in high school and she just really liked it. So she ended up going to West Point for college. Um, we were living in Hawaii at the time. So I was so mad at her for leaving me to mm-hmm. do West Point. And that was before we had like FaceTime and Zoom mm-hmm. and stuff. So to be so close to my sister and then not be able to see her every day and, you know, just resort to phone calls uh, was was really tough. But I was always very proud of her because she always knew exactly what she wanted. Um, and I remember how grueling that process was for her going through like beast training, which is just ultimate um, boot camp and, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing what a little badass she was and how persistent she was at it. Um, and then actually in her junior year, uh, at West Point is when 9-11 happened. And she called us and said, I'm going to war. And, um, she did two tours. She did a tour in Afghanistan and a tour in Kuwait. Um, yeah. So I'm like to say I'm proud of her. doesn't even do it justice. I just think she's such a remarkable woman and, and she's the strongest person I've ever known. Um, and, uh, yeah, a little smarty pants too, getting her PhD right now in English. Wow. Were you scared that you would lose her every yeah. time that she would leave? I mean, how, how did that? Oh, yeah. 
my biggest fear is loss and I've never knock on wood lost someone like uh, immediate to me. So I don't know, like did that instill like fear and anxiety from such a young age when it came to your family? Um, yeah. When I found out that she was going to Afghanistan and Kuwait every time it was scary. Um, thankfully at that time, like AIM was big. So we would mm. every time, every night I would AIM or, you know, talk to her. Um, I wish we had FaceTime at that time because that would have made things so much better, but we'd Skype every now and then things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm still scared that I'm going to lose her. She's still technically in the army. She's in the reserves right now. So okay. at any time she, you know, could be called to go somewhere and that scares me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, unfortunately in my family, we have dealt with a lot of loss. Um, so the older I get and the more loss we experience, it's, mm-hmm. it's an even scarier thing mm-hmm. uh, to deal with, but yeah. You know, it's so interesting in, in reading about your family, your parents were both bodybuilders, Which is, That's such an interesting... It's so interesting to me. Impact. Yeah. Uh, that's a, well, did, did that uh, like kind of automatically make you interested in health and wellness and, and that yeah. kind of stuff? Or, okay. So yeah. what was that like? Yeah. So it was totally a, a random thing how they got into yeah. it. We were living in Hawaii mm-hmm. and um, my dad just kind of started getting into the gym there and started mm-hmm. liking it, seeing fast results. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was having a hard time uh, losing the baby weight for my sister. And so she was like, well, I'll come with you if you'll train me. Mm-hmm. And they both just took to it and loved it. And they won many, many bodybuilding competitions. Wow. And then I think they might've done one after I was born. But then after that, they were pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, that. But my, so growing up in that household, yes, it was always a, a pretty fitness health oriented house. My mom was mm. always be healthy food and my parents would always go to the gym and they would take me with them and I would, you know, sit in the corner and color in my coloring books and watch them. Um, so when I got old enough, I told my dad, you know, I'm interested if, if you mm-hmm. want to train me. Mm-hmm. So my dad was my very first trainer, um, mm. at 14 and I started to get really into, into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it definitely helps. Um, helped me, you know, love working out. It's a great outlet for me. I like trying mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Do you feel that, because I know bodybuilders sometimes, there's like a an unhealthy relationship with food in a way because it's it has to be used as something to make them look a certain way. Did you ever feel like, you know, when I grew up, uh, there was food that was constantly talked about and I think it did it did make me more susceptible to like worrying about my weight or like how I looked because food was always such a topic. Did mm. you feel like it was always healthy in your life or did it ever, did it ever waft back and forth? Uh, let's see. I, I don't know because even mm. though it was a pretty healthy household as far as like the food that we ate, also mm-hmm. still growing up and being part of, a Chinese family. My mom is full Chinese and my mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa are Chinese and all my aunts and uncles. So we would go over to my grandma's house every Sunday for dinner and just have these giant Chinese meals. Mm-hmm. So it was never like, um, I never felt guilty about like right, right. Mm-hmm. indulging in the foods that I liked, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it colored my image of eating in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been quite a foodie. So yeah, I love food. Mm-hmm. I mean, too much. <laughs> yeah, too much. Like this quarantine, I'm for sure going to come out of it. 
heavier and I'm actually 100% okay with it. I'm like, look, we're going to be stuck in quarantine for a long time. We might as well just like eat and drink. Yeah. Enjoy. I'm going to drink wine every night and I'm going to drink food or whatever it is. And I kind of like that I don't have to worry about feeling guilty about food because I love food Mm -hmm. and I've always loved food. So yeah, I don't think it's ever been like a thing where it's made me feel guilty about indulging. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, definitely like the quarantine 15. I mean, we should- We oh, feel guilty. Right? And I are like, the baby weight is never coming <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no. It's never coming off. If I stopped it, eating. It was right. You got to, was there ever like a moment, maybe when you came to Hollywood, that that sort of uh, switched for you about the food and like being very like aware of your body and just kind of feeling those pressures? Did that ever happen to you? Like once you got here? I think, yeah. I mean, I think like as Mm -hmm. actors, there's always that thought of like, this is part of what I do. And so I need to like, you know, like groom myself and and stay fit and and kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah, definitely feel those pressures sometimes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially when I first moved to LA. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like I said, I I really love to work out, and I loved doing different types of workouts throughout mm-hmm. my life. So I think I kind of like more made that a priority as far as you know, making sure that I was doing all these different types of workouts and going to dance class and mm-hmm. um, you know, spin class and stuff like that. And I was I kind of would put more focus on that than on like dieting because I mm-hmm. just love food so much. I hope that the narrative is changing because mm-hmm. I still feel like women, especially young women. You need to be a certain size. And I know that I always I always worried about it. I mean, I had a, such a severe eating disorder when I was like probably 16, 17, because I just never knew it was okay to embrace myself and my body because I never was told that it was okay. You know, like mm-hmm. you look at everyone that has been put on screen and I do think that the narrative is changing and everyone looks a certain way and everyone looks a certain size and everyone like can fit into a certain gene, uh, gene number. And I just think that I hope we're practicing now more inclusiveness with body as well, because I look at my two young children and I don't, I, I want them to feel like they can see themselves represented in whatever shape or or size that they are going to be on camera. And like, why can't you be the lead of a TV show or a film if you're a size 32 jeans? What does it matter? You know? And I I look at even our bodies, like Roxy and I were talking about like even postpartum. And it's like, I've hated my body for so many years postpartum. And I'm like, I'm either going to do something about it, like cut that stomach off and be okay and be okay with it because it's like, it's my choice, my decision, or I'm going to love it because it created my children. And I just think we need to see more of that out there. It needs Mm -hmm. to be more represented so we can go, oh, everyone has a gut when they give birth. Like everyone feels this way, you know? We agree. I mean, my body has changed so much from my twenties and now Mm -hmm. I'm in my thirties. And I, I think like, I definitely had a freak out where I was like, oh no, like my body is changing. Just where I'm distributing fat is Mm -hmm. differently than where I distributed it when I was in my early twenties. And that freaked me out for like a month. And then I was like, you know what? This is my body. I love it. And I'm okay with that. And I think, you know, I think that's great what you're saying. Like we don't need to try to fit into a certain idea of how our body should look. I mean, all women are beautiful. I mean, Roxy, do you love your body? You know, there's definitely, I definitely have moments. I'll say the, the older I get, the less, um, 
not, I don't want to say concerned because that's not the right word, but is the less, less fucks. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm giving less fucks. It's just like, eat that yeah, yeah, yeah. and the packet that's yeah, yeah. before. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think I'm giving less fucks and I'm saying, you know what? At this point, I mean, I still love to work out and still take care of myself. And I do love yeah. healthy food too. But if I want to have the fucking cookie, I'm going to eat the fucking cookie. cookie. And you yeah. should have. Yeah. Right. I just, I just, I, I'm at the point now where I think I'm not going to like, I'm not going to hold myself back from eating like yeah. an entire sheet cake. But if I want like some ice cream or I want that cookie, I'm going to eat it. And I'm not, I'm going to try my best not to feel guilty about it. I mean, it's not always going to be the case. Yeah. But sure then maybe we should fine. stop like with the face tunes and all that shit, because I feel it's like we, I we don't know what real women look like. No, yeah. we don't it's know what they look like anymore. It's yeah. true. But there's so much pressure, you guys, in our industry where it's like people are constantly comparing people to one another. And it's like, you know, it comes down to some, you know, guy in a suit who's like an executive looking at two pictures and being like, oh, he's skinnier. She's prettier. She's whatever. And that's what it comes down to oftentimes. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, you know? And it's not like the guys are like posting pictures and then face tuning. Right. Their wrinkles yeah. underneath and then like putting their gut using like, this, yeah. like liquefy. Like imagine a man do that. Like, <laughs> like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's true. I guarantee my husband does not spend hours on his Instagram picture being like, oh my God, do I look fat? Like, do I not need to post this? He will like, just, he doesn't get, he doesn't feel guilty about eating either. No, it's you know? it, it sucks. Doesn't. He's just yeah. like, I'll eat a fucking pizza. <laughs> yeah. So we should talk a little bit about your career because yes. you've been in this business for a very long time. Do you, wh what age did you start? Um, I started out in the business when I was six. Um, huh in musical theater, I was mm -hmm. doing Les Miserables, um, on Broadway and on the national tour. And I kind of always thought I would go into a, a Broadway career. That was sort right. of what, what I knew when I was very little. And mm -hmm. I was traveling from Hawaii back to New York and spending summers there, auditioning, callbacks, things like that. Whenever I had a callback, I would fly up there. And, um, it got to the point where there, I was at an age where there was no roles on Broadway anymore for, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. And mm -hmm. so my agent in New York had said, well, have you considered trying Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, you know, well, I guess for this, you know, slow time, if there's no roles for my age group. I'll try Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. got an agent in Los Angeles and spent summers and pilot season coming up to LA for auditions. And um, that kind of took over and, and became my focus. Um, and uh, now that's sort of my bread and butter, butter, what I love to do. Um, but whenever I get like a good break, I like to go back to the stage whenever I can. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we talk to a lot of young actors or people that have grown up, you know, in the business on this show. And um, it's always, it's always interesting to me because a lot of times they'll say, I had my first kiss, like on set, right, like in a right, scene, right. like acting. Yeah. Was that also the case for you because you started out so young? Um, n no, I actually did have I, I got to have my first kiss be a, a real a real thing. Oh, <laughs> nice, 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 which is nice. But um, I didn't go to college, um, mm. so I feel like I've a lot of my college experiences have been sets, going uh -huh. to sets and working, mm -hmm. you know, playing and working with people my own age. And um, so, yeah, I've been been lucky to to have that. But yeah, I moved to LA when I was fourteen. 
oh okay okay so that's like kind of that ripe age you're like going you're you're like a teenager so it's like those experiences are happening were you hanging out a lot with your friends from like different sets like offset as well were they actors or were they mostly like people you met like in the city or whatever well um i was when i first moved out here to la i didn't have a lot of friends because i was 14 and i didn't go to the uh, normal high school when I came out here. I did in Hawaii, but then once I got out here to LA, I did one of those charter schools so that I mm. could, you know, audition and things like that. So um, some of the friends that I met were from acting class, and some of them are still some of my best friends to this day, which is really great. Um, but I think it's nice that I sort of was able to experience some of high school um, mm-hmm. because I actually started dating the boy across the street from me, and we dated through. Uh, all of the high school years. So from 14 to 19, and I was able to go to his football games at his high school and like his prom and homecoming and things like that. And kind of experienced through that way, which was really nice. Do you ever feel like you missed, I mean, I started at not six, but I started at 14 professionally and I never really felt like my like frontal lobe was ever developed properly because I don't know. I feel like I missed out on the proper school experience. I mean, I left when I was in grade 10. So when I was 16 years old, I was doing like homeschooling. So I never really got that experience to finish high school. I never got the college experience. I would have loved to have gone to college. Education has always been something that turns me on so much. I love it. Um, I try to consistently stay learning because I think when you stop learning, you just you just atrophy. Um, and I just never really felt like I had that experience. And I do feel like there was a little bit of a loss and it did affect me in the way that I view the world. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. I mean, same. I moved, I had a normal, you know, well, not even really that normal of a school childhood because even though I was in school, public school from kindergarten to, uh, to the end of ninth grade, Mm -hmm. I really, when I look back at my time in Hawaii, I didn't have that many friends because I would miss so much school. I would miss school to to go to New York or LA for auditions. And then whenever, you know, there were weekends, I didn't spend that time seeing friends and going to the mall. I was in a school play or school play, like a, um, a community theater production or something, right? I kind of threw myself more into the arts than like, I guess, prioritizing friendships. Mm-hmm. So I do sometimes feel like, oh, you know, I definitely like, wish that I would have had a little bit more of a traditional childhood with learning how to make friends in school. And, um, you know, I wish I had gone to college and things like that, but I guess I don't really regret it either. Right. I feel lucky that, that I've been able to, I guess, work in the business and do the things that I've loved to do since I was so young. And some of my favorite mm-hmm. memories are the, you know, community theater production that I did. Mm-hmm. For- two months in Hawaii instead of, mm-hmm. you know, going to the mall with friends. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, no, of course. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. You, you, you don't want to give it up, but mm-hmm. no, like I'm, had very, certain, yeah. I'm very grateful that things happen the way that they happened, but there's definitely part of me that's like, Oh, did I miss out? Right. Yeah. Well, one thing you one thing you guys did not miss out on was Pretty and Little the Liars. Best show in the world. Ever. So when you booked Pretty Little Liars, um, did you feel like you had made it? Was that like, yes, like this is it, like this is it? No, actually, we didn't know. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know. And when I got it, it was such a a smaller 
part of the puzzle. Like it was just, uh-huh. I was told it was a guest star mm-hmm. and then a possible recur. And then I mm. was, you know, I'd come in and have a couple funny lines here and there. And I just, I, it was great to be a part of a show mm-hmm. like that, but I always knew that it, you know, it was very much, it was the pretty little liars. And I was, I was lucky to kind of come in and sprinkle something here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel very grateful that that show took off like it did and that we were able to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now looking back, I'm just like, how lucky were we that we were a part of that show that did so well? Did it feel different? Because we've spoken to, I think like six people now from PLL. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been... Oh my gosh, Ian's oh my interview gosh. is the uh, stories. The Ian, stories. Ian told us, yeah, Ian told us he pooed in a bag in his car. It was kind of yeah. <laughs> oh, we the the gossip we got from some of the people on Pretty Liars. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like, how did I not know this was happening right in front of me? And I still didn't know. Like, I all the beans have been spilled. So I don't even think you could shock <laughs> me at this point. Excellent. Um, you know, did you feel like you were part? part of it or did you feel like what some other people have talked about on the show do you feel like you were sort of on the outskirts so you were like watching in on something that was happening or did you feel like you were really part of that core element of the show there were moments of both yeah mm-hmm. yeah there are definitely were moments where I felt a little bit on the outside which is mm-hmm. totally fine and, and it's normal yeah and was you know very much aware that I was sort of like a guest coming in to, to, you know, almost like you, you almost feel like, how do do I explain this once before? I almost felt like I was like a guest cooking in somebody else's kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There were also times where I was like, you know, I very much feel a part of everything. Yeah. Yeah, Family. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's hard when you don't start, you don't start where everybody else is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like it's hard sometimes when I'm doing interviews and somebody's like, tell us about all the funny things that happened. Or did you hear about the story mm-hmm. of so-and-so doing this on set? And I was like, oh, I wasn't there. Yeah. I wasn't part of it. Right. Uh. Yeah. Especially in the very beginning, mm-hmm. I really wasn't there that much. And so I feel like naturally you're going to feel a little bit Mm-hmm. And it's this, and it's also the sum of all parts. Like the show was made up with obviously four people, but also mm-hmm. there was so many other characters that made up the entire show. So there's a lot of us that were coming in and out. Um, yeah. And it's also hard because I do think that even with your career, you're probably you probably have been number one on the call sheet many times. <laughs> so even as a actress, like we all have our own egos, especially when, you know, we're in this business and we're like, Oh, okay. I, I'm yeah, not number actors. one, you know? Yeah. So like, and we all want to be number one, of course. So you do have to take a little bit of that, 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 you know, we have to be a little bit on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never, to be honest, I never minded being on the back burner because I was lucky that I, I even became a series regular and, and, and stayed on the show. You know, I read it in the books that my character died. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so worried. I was like, okay, right. um, I guess I mean, I'll I, just think about exactly, the thing. Like you kind of go into it going, I'm going to be a small part of the show and that's mm-hmm. very exciting. And then I'm, my character's going to die and that's going to be the end of it. So to have been able to stay on the show till the end, I felt, I'm sure you did too. Like I was like, we made it. We made it to the end of the show. <laughs> in it. And that was really exciting yeah so who would you say that you were closest to on set there at pretty little liars well um let's see uh probably 
with Brendan Robinson, who mm-hmm. Lucas, we always got along really well because we're both just giant goofballs mm-hmm. uh, and have the silliest sense of humor. So we're still really, really close. I still see mm-hmm. Brendan like every two weeks we have lunch. Oh, wow. That's nice. actually set up him and his girlfriend. <gasps> his wedding. Oh, yeah. How did you? How oh, did they met at your wedding? Wedding. Oh my gosh. Wow. So they're still together. It's been a year and a half. Um, so yeah, so we're super, super close. Um, I mean, yeah, like Lucy and I, we've known each other for a very long time, even before Mm -hmm. the show. So we still chat a lot, but you know, everybody still keeps in touch, which is nice. Yeah. How about you part of any, uh, see, it's funny because I don't think I was part of any pranks on set. No, see that's see that never happened, right? Right, like unless we were there, unless they're one of the five. I know there every day. They know all the stories, and I'm always like hearing about the stories, and I'm like, I wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys apparently were not French kissing on set because Ian. Oh, I know that he was French kissing all the actresses he was in scenes with, open mouth tongue with every actress that he had left scenes with. Yeah. Okay, Ian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think I missed out. <laughs> I'm really fucking pissed because every single person on that show was making out with their tongues. <sighs> Firstly, I've never, ever, ever made out in anything I've ever done in 20 years with my tongue. I never thought you were allowed to. Now I know you're allowed to. <laughs> it, Game you, have, on. you have unleashed the beast. I'm going to be like, uh, all over the face. Because it's just acting, apparently. Yeah, I'm always very conscious of the tongue placement. Oh, yeah, do you, you are. It, but you, so you do it as well? If you're about to say that you do it as well. No. Oh, no you don't, I, right? You never do it. I never do it. No, the only time I ever did it was when I was actually dating somebody. Like, yeah. Dating the person. Then it's fine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, if you're in a scene with somebody else that you're not dating, yeah, no. I'm always very careful of, like, I'm not going to put my tongue in your <laughs> Have you ever had someone stick it in, though? Because I've had one time someone did that. I'm like, get your tongue out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thankfully, no. Because, yeah, you violate it. You're like, excuse me. Yeah. You're just like, I just met you. I never <laughs> But did apparently you, did, it was normal on Purple mm-hmm. Liars, so yeah. Wow. Did, wow. did you have a set, a, cr- a crush on set? Oh, I think you dated someone. Uh-huh. I, I think we know I, that. Yeah. Uh, who was it? For, I dated somebody for a while. Ooh, yeah. Was there was like sexy time going on that I didn't Ooh. even know about. I was like, I'm sure there was things going on in like, I, I got so flustered. I just hit my mic with them. It was just like, what is happening? Because yeah. trailers were, I don't even know. But there was like, I heard there was good things going on in that set. That I'm so sad I missed. I had some fun yeah. times on that set. Oh, okay. <laughs> but because it was just one person and we dated for a while and, okay. um, and like, like a while. So that's why. Like it's legit. It's a real relationship. Yeah. Okay, Janelle. Okay. Yeah, Tam's like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm just living vicariously through you. We've been together 13 years. I've been married for like almost... <laughs> I know. So. This one is in the newlywed stage. She's still having fun. She's like, he's so great. We <laughs> don't fight anymore. We're in quarantine. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna pretty soon do a never have I ever because yes. I I know that we want to get you out on time, but we have a few little uh, future questions about where you see your future. Do you yes. want to have kids one day? 
I do want to have kids. Um, okay. When we first got married, we said, let's talk about it seriously in two years, which would be in September. Now, unfortunately, I think that date is going to get pushed back a bit because of all of this. Because there are still a lot of things that I want to do before we have kids. Um, I want, I know this sounds like a silly thing to say as an actor because there are so many ups and downs in our industry. Um, but I don't, I want to be at a place where I don't feel like I'm struggling when mm. we have a kid. Does that make sense? Well, the, the problem with that statement is, I mean, life is so like, there's this great proverb about this guy who said like, everything's so great and everything's wonderful. And then the, 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 the leader says, well, that will pass. And then he comes back and he says, everything's not wonderful. And then the leader says that will pass. And the thing about kids is there's just, there's never a right time. And I know in my life, and I'm sure Roxy's too, we've been so financially in such a great place. And then we weren't, and then we were, then we weren't. And that's the problem with this business is like, you're on a great show, everything's going well. And then you're not on a show for another three years for some odd reason, and then you're successful again, and then you're not successful again. So that's the hard thing about choosing, you know. I thought that once I said that. Yeah. It's never a right time, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm quite ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, what kind of a mom do you think you would be? Like, would you be a mom that sort of like, is like a free range mom where they let the kids (laughs) sort of wander? Or would you be more like helicopter mom like I am? (laughs) Or would you be like... Naked mom like I am. Naked mom like Damon. I would be a helicopter mom because (sighs) my mom was the dragon lady mom. Oh. Mother mommy. Tiger mom like a tiger mom? Like, like rough Chinese mom. Like when, when I was growing up, we get along so great now. She's Mm -hmm. one of my best friends in the world, but growing up, I was a very bad teenager. I wanted to tell on every, oh yeah, sneak out every night, go see my boyfriend, tattoos, Mm -hmm. piercings. Um, I just, attitude, really just Mm -hmm. attitude because I was rebelling against my mom. You know, mm-hmm. we just went like this all the time. And mm-hmm. now we get along so great. We understand each other. And, you know, I'm a grown woman and this is not, a, you know. But I just, I feel like I would probably be a very similar mom because <laughs> I was a bad kid. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of scary because I too rebelled a lot when I was a teenager. I did a lot of the same things, meeting bo- older boys out, like sneaking out, going to nightclubs, you know, like doing all the things. And it's like, you see, I can see like, especially Tam and I, we all have, we have little girls mm-hmm. and it's like so interesting how early on you can see when girls oh, start yeah. to develop Manipulation. How the manipulation comes oh, in. Yes. Like ingrained in us. Yes. That was me. I was such a monster to my mom. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get a girl and she's going to be me. And I'm scared. <laughs> true. It's true. And that you, and secretly your parents are laughing about it. <laughs> because. No, not even secretly. They're yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> my mom always laughs at me. She was like, you were awful. I'm sorry. I know that you're going to get a bad job. <laughs> that's the thing with this business though so like I would like have a boyfriend so I was 16 and he was which was legal in Australia I was 16 and he was like 25 and I would say I was still on set and I would like 
be in his house, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing about when you, yeah. when you start the business so young, you can say like, oh, I'll be on set till seven. And you can kind of lie about anything. I never took drugs because my mom always like would scare the shit out of me. Like if I took drugs, I'd die. So it's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm going to do to my children. Just be like, oh, you take cocaine, you're dead. And plus I would have probably liked it. Like I think I would have liked drugs a lot. So I'm like... personality. I mean, like I, I've tried, well, I've tried like Xanax and stuff like that. And it just makes me feel loopy. And I don't know. I don't, I mean, I like the feeling, but I don't think I could, I don't know. I, I don't want to be a, a, a drugged up mom. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that okay to say, Roxy? <laughs> you passed out in the corner. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably good to not be that. <laughs> yeah. I just but, think the biggest thing for me is just having mental, like making sure my kids are mentally healthy. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the biggest thing that we face in these days. I feel like everyone's struggling with some kind of mental issue. Don't you think, Rox? Yeah. I think a lot of people are struggling. And I think the quarantine doesn't help that situation a lot with people because, you know, we were talking about this in some other episodes where you are like forced to self be self introspective and look at your problems. You can't run away. You can't like go out to, you know, go out to dinner or go out to a bar or whatever, go with friends. Amen. You have to sit there. Yeah. You have to sit in it and you have to think about what the fuck is going on. And like, sometimes it's scary, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh my God, this is like really what's happening. And so I think like mentally that could Yes. Mentally that could go one of two ways. Like it could either be good or it could be bad, you know? And I guess it just depends where you are. What do you think about that? I completely agree. I mean, Tam Mm -hmm. and I have talked about this before, but I, I suffer from anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty vocal about it and I can very easily go down the bad rabbit hole of what if, Mm -hmm. and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And I can give myself really bad physical symptoms just by Mm -hmm. being like, Oh God, what if I have a stomach ache right now? And then all of a sudden I have one. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to just like, you know, tell yourself the bad story. And so I've been trying to be better, especially during this quarantine at like getting myself out of it because that's the only option. Mm -hmm. You got to get yourself out of it. Yeah. How do you do that? Like, what are your tips for doing that? Like it works and sometimes it doesn't work, mm-hmm. but I just try to like close my eyes, take a real, like take really deep breaths, tell myself mm-hmm. that I'm okay, that it's all in my head, that, that, um, wh- what did actually a therapist told me this once. And I really like this, that when you're feeling really anxious to tell yourself that anxiety is just a false alarm, it's your mm-hmm. body telling yourself that you are in danger, but you're not in danger. So yeah. just remember yourself, it's a false alarm. You are making yourself anxious for nothing. You are safe. You are fine. Mm-hmm. And just trying to breathe and get through it. I mean, I've had severe. I'm, I mean, I, I've, I, I'm actually, I've been really good recently, but I've had moments, especially after my second miscarriage, because I, I think I told you this, we birthed the baby and it was just terrible. And after that, something happened and I got really bad. Like I couldn't function. I couldn't even go to a supermarket. I couldn't leave the house. It was so bad. And the only thing that has helped me truly, there, well, there's one thing, uh, an actual L-theanine, which is an amino acid from green tea has actually oh, helped yeah, me immensely. I, I think I told you that. Yeah. <laughs> Out of everything I've tried, I've tried everything. But something else that helped me is just obviously being busy, but the only thing that I think is going to make people really get out of anxiety for the long term is acceptance. Mm-hmm. When you're at your peak, you just have to accept that that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you don't fuel a fire and then the fire can't explode because it's just like, okay, I'm just accepting this is where I am and I can't do anything about it. And at some point you just get distracted and then it's gone. 
yeah. it's really hard to practice acceptance, like true acceptance in many areas of your life. But that's the main thing that's helped my anxiety. Well, it's also loss of control too. Like you have to let go of that control, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. That is interesting. That's yeah. what the therapist also told me where she was mm-hmm. like, if you, if you accept it, then mm-hmm. it'll go away. But if mm-hmm. you're fighting it, if you keep going, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, you're fueling the fire. <gasps> yeah. Oh God. So you don't lay, lay, lay awake at night because I know Tam and I have talked about <laughs> We literally lay awake at night fearing deaths. We're like, oh my God. Like, Poor Janelle's like, up. I'm done. I'm done. I know. She's, like, like, I'm done. she's like, these girls are crazy. Yes. <laughs> no, not at all. I think you, it's great how real you guys are. Oh, thanks, it. babe. But do you, do you have that to do the fear of death or like an anxiety about death or anything like about that? Or is, dying? Mm-hmm. No, I have the craziest fears and... <laughs> they not them are they're not about dying. Like I hate flying. I know that Tamman also hates flying. I hate yes. I don't I don't hate flying because I feel like I'm gonna die. Because I feel like I mean, who knows? But for me, I don't fear death because I'm just like, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I fear other things. I fear feeling out of control. Yeah, I same. fear feeling uh, trapped. Yeah. Okay. I fear yeah. the 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 anxiety more than anything. That feeling you fear of, the fear. I fear the fear. I fear uh letting myself down. If there's something yeah, really yeah. important that I have to do, I immediately sabotage it with anxiety. Same. Oh, wow. Any- I had the biggest meeting yesterday and I like started bawling before it. And she was like, what are you doing? I mean, I actually picked a fight and then I started bawling. <laughs> but he's like, you're sabotaging your meeting. That's so true. Yeah, because, th- and that's what I fear. Mm. So it's like a form of self-sabotage. Or it's yeah. perfection. Isn't it perfectionism though? Because it's like you you fear that you're going to let yourself down and then you have to be perfect, which goes back to like being a child actor. And it's like, if you're not perfect, then you might not get the job and then you want the job so much. I fear that I can't control my brain. But you can. Right. But and that, that's the thing. And that's when I, that's when I beat the anxiety. But when I'm like, oh God, my body's going to take over and I'm not going to be able to control it is when this starts happening and then the sweaty palms. <sighs> oh yeah. It seizes up and it's like mm-hmm. awful. And, and then I feel awful. like I can't do anything. But you can. Yeah. Do you ever get that on? Cause I, I, do, I know this is weird to say, but like I do stand up. I'm, I do a, I'm part of a sketch group and an improv group and I'm doing stand. Yeah. I'm doing stand up comedy <laughs> with so like three, with like three people in the audience. Um, but do you ever suffer from stage fright? Cause I, it's almost physically hard to uh. put my body on the stage, but then when I'm there, I feel better. Yes. You know, what's crazy is when I was younger, I never had stage fright. Never. never had anxiety. Mm. Always hated to fly. That was it. The older I got, the more anxiety started to, because you know, the, the, the more you worry about things, the older right. yeah. Yeah. you have, the more things you've lived through, the more you're like, well, what if that happens again? Um, so I've developed um, stage fright. And, oh. But it's not going to stop me because the thing is, I still love being on stage so much. Mm-hmm. But I just did a musical over the summer, one that I loved so much. Mm-hmm. Nothing would stop me from going, but every night I would have full on anxiety attack before the show, and it was all in my head. Every yeah. single time. And once I would get out there, it'd be fine. And when you do, you feel like singing is a way to like help your anxiety because it's like you're, it's like a musical. You're, you're using a different part of your brain. Yeah, but I also read this amazing book uh, that my husband gave me about anxiety called Don't Feed the Monkey Mind. And one of the things that they suggest if you're feeling anxious is just to sing a song. Oh. Yeah, it just, it releases 
like endorphins and it's a distraction too mm-hmm. right action you're not mm-hmm. going oh god what's going to happen you're singing a song that you love um yeah so i mean i i definitely think that helps a lot Ah. Well, thank you. I think you've given so many of our young listeners as well, like so, like helpful tips. And I always say that people who talk about their truth end up saving people's lives. They do because Mm -hmm. all you need is someone who is struggling so badly with some kind of form of a mental health issue, and they listen to this, and then they go, you know what? Like it's going to be okay because people look up to characters Mm -hmm. on TV, and they look up to actresses and actors and like whoever you know that they see if they have the same thing they have, then. Does that make sense? If they have the same thing that they have, yeah. then they feel like they can overcome it. So They're not alone. it's also fun to do these pretty little liars reunions, you guys, because people are curious <laughs> yes. about what you guys are up to and like what the stories are behind the scenes. Yes. So that's also really fun too, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we're just going to end with a little quick, have a never have I ever. You just say, I have, if you've done it, it's kind of fast mm-hmm. and furious and fun. And then we can let you out of here. <laughs> All right. Should we do it? Should we do it? Okay. okay. You go. Okay. Okay. I totally relate to this. Never have I ever hid the foods I like from my husband uh-huh. because I wanted to save them for myself. In quarantine. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Good. What was your food of choice to hide? I just did it the other day. I went to uh-huh. something else and I was like, Funyuns. Oh. These Funyuns. But I didn't want him to know that I bought them because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be my like, Monday quarantine snack. So I, <laughs> I love it. For me, it was hot sauce. I'm like, if you spill one more, like if you use that wastefully one more time, I'm like, that is the it. That's it. That's yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it's the salty snacks. Don't eat okay. salty snacks. Salty okay, snacks. I, I'm just going to be not like, not that naughty, but you'll be okay with it. Never have I ever farted under the sheets while my husband was asleep. <laughs> oh, I feel like we all have. I always fart. But the thing is, my husband tells me he doesn't fart. And then, like, when he sleeps, he farts. It's, like, the weirdest thing. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like, especially in the middle of the night, you're like, he's sleeping. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I do it when he's awake, too. (laughs) Um, Never have I ever eaten something off the floor in quarantine. Oh, the other night. Yeah. Yeah. But your floors are clean. My husband gets so annoyed with me because he's such a germaphobe and I'm not. I mean, honestly, quarantine's turned me into a germaphobe. But especially in our house, like if I drop a piece of cheese or something on the floor, I'm like, oh, whoops. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's also not wasteful. (laughs) Yeah, good. I always eat everything off the floor. I'm like, two-second rule. Once, I think I I told you at the second, Roxy, I told you like the first kid, you like sterilize everything. The second time, the second kid, I think her bottle fell on like Hollywood and Vine where all the homeless people were. And I was like, eh. It's a two-second rule. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Second child, you're like, whatever. She's fine. Okay. Never have I ever thought my husband takes too long in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That is amazing. Does yours take long, Roxy? He, he depends. Like he will do, he will multitask. He'll be like on a conference call and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, David, they can hear you. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's on mute. I'm like, oh my God. And why is the door open? Yeah, I I eat chocolate on the toilet. I like, I can do anything. My husband like locks four doors and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know what happens in there. Anyway. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Never have I ever not brush my teeth like for an extended amount of time in quarantine oh I have you have okay how long I feel like uh, uh, 
probably a solid 24 hours. Nice. Because, I mean, you get busy with eating and watching, you know, whatever on TV. And then also, like, it's just me here during the day because Chris is at work. So I'm like, no one's going to come near me. (laughs) I'm going to have my coffee. I don't want to brush my teeth and then have coffee. (sighs) Kind of forget. Exactly. We'll do the last one and then get you out of here. It's almost hitting that hour. Okay. Never have I ever... Give me a secretly get a doozy i know it's i know i think i found out all this stuff though never have i ever secretly loved being in quarantine mm. i haven't no no have you have you roxy yeah no i think i've had like moments of it like where it's like oh like if if, we, if my husband and i are getting along well i don't mind it as much yeah <laughs> it's when we want to kill each other that i'm like this is the fucking worst thing ever yeah Tam and secretly loves it. She loves it. She loves it. It's like my whole life is exactly how I want it to be. Meaning, like I can I can have parties, guys, and not leave. I can do my work and not leave. I don't have to go to the studio. I just did a whole podcast. I can I can do I can do school with my kid. I don't have to leave. It's been fun. (laughs) (laughs) I like the society of quarantine. I don't mind like being by myself and chilling and like doing Uh stuff. But like if I have to leave the house and go to the store, that anxiety. I yeah, we don't do that. Sean does that. And you're fully masked and everything when you go, like full blown. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Well, thank you, quarantine Janelle Parrish. Yes. Thank you for speaking thank you to for us. Coming. I know we wanted to get this done a few times, and I'm glad we made it happen. Yes. I annoyed you until never. you couldn't resist. <laughs> never, never, never. Thank you. Yes. It's so fun. So, and Janelle, where can people find you right now on social media and everything? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. at Janelle Parrish. Ah, and we nice. are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. Thanks, Roxy Soxy. Thanks, Tam Tam. And we are Women, women on, on Top. top.